No. Must one be deranged before one decides to marry for the second time? Barbara's curt reply, I'll come along and talk to you when I've got a moment, was enough to damp Venetia's enthusiasm a little, but no more. She was far too happy. It had been hard making up her mind. Now, having made it up, she was relieved and delighted. Last night she and Michael had announced their engagement. Everybody in the crowded flat had surged around to toast them in champagne amid cries of, Congratulations! How marvellous, Venetia, darling! How splendid, Mike! Oh, what a thrill! And so on. Venetia had felt quite light-headed in her pride and satisfaction as she felt Mike's hand gripping hers and compared him with the rest of the men in the party. He was perfectly wonderful to look at, not very tall, but slim-hipped and broad-shouldered, racily built, and he glowed with health. He looked what he was, a man who lived a great deal out of doors. Mad about horses, he rode superbly. The flat was full of his trophies. What hadn't Mike won at point-to-points, in jumping contests, at horse shows? He was a member of the Southdown, great friends with all the hunting chaps. He spent his weekends at his old home, a fine old Queen Anne manor house near Lewis. The estate consisted of twenty-five acres and a farm, but unfortunately Mike had no money with which to keep the place up. It was in bad repair. The stables were letting in water. Mike had only one horse. He needed two. Lack of money had been the trouble ever since before the war when his mother had died. His father was now hopelessly crippled with arthritis. Venetia was not unaware that people might imagine that Mike was marrying her for the money that poor Geoffrey had left her. Money that was not even entailed, because there'd been no need for Geoffrey to provide for his little daughter. Maybell would come into her grandfather's fortune. Lady Sellingham, if she'd been a Miss Ockleton, had her own money, which had come to her from old Thomas Ockleton. He had founded an iron and steelworks that paid nearly 50% to its shareholders today, and old Lady Sellingham held two-thirds of the firm's shares. All that would one day belong to Maybell, a portion after her 21st birthday, and the rest when her grandmother died. Supposing, Venetia reflected, Mike did need her money. Why not? Why not be sensible and accept the fact that in his impecunious state he needed money? On his own admission he'd had many love affairs, but he couldn't afford to marry. She, Venetia, could help provide the things that he wanted. She would enjoy doing it, and besides, Maybelle would like having a stepfather who rode so well. She too adored horses. Venetia and Mike had fallen in love with each other at the Hunt Ball last Christmas. She'd gone down to it with Geoffrey's cousin Dick. Venetia had never been to a Hunt Ball before. She used to avoid such entertainment. She didn't really like the hunting crowd. She'd never cared for strenuous exercise. She came from a family of musicians who lived quietly, were immersed in their art. She'd married the man of her heart soon after her twenty-third birthday— Geoffrey had been at that time the junior partner in a firm of publishers, the kind that published educational works and technical manuals. He was a sweet, 
rather dreamy type of man who'd come through the Second World War with the loss of his left arm, blown off in the woods of Kung. Fortunately for him, he had money of his own and no need to struggle. Venetia had loved him as devotedly and deeply as he loved her. Theirs had been a perfect marriage, and some years later a daughter had been born, after Venetia had wondered if the joys of parenthood were to be denied her. She'd been blessed not only with the ideal husband, but a delightful mother-in-law, a most intelligent and charming woman. The birth of little Maybelle, so called after Geoffrey's mother, completed their happiness. But it had been too perfect a union. Venetia had mused in the bitterness of her sorrow. Nothing so splendid could last, and it had ended suddenly when Maybelle was nine, one of those ghastly tragedies which seemed to be without reason or meaning. It had been during Maybelle's first term at boarding school, and the first time that Venetia...